Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Yes. We're going to start with a little reckless Viking speculation. On a Friday here, gentlemen, action movie rewind at five o'clock. Oh yeah, who woke up like it was Christmas Day because of action movie rewind? Dude, John, Jonathan and I did. We I wake up every fr- I wake up every Friday like it's action movie rewind now. I don't know why. I was telling Declan this today. Fridays just feel better during during this pandemic that we're in. I don't know what it is, but can we make this an everyday thing? Because this feeling waking up with action movie rewind day is a great feeling to wake up. Well, we'd run out of action movies at yeah, some point, true. but as Jonathan and I were talking off microphone, Chick Flick Rewind. Judd already watched one earlier this week. Yes. Chick Flick Rewind, anybody? Oh, there's a lot, of, there's a guy there's a lot of different paths that we could go. You guys really want to go down that path? Titanic? Let's do this. Is Titanic a Chick Flick? I, th- I no. told you guys my Titanic no. experience. Right? I don't want Titanic. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, you did. Okay. Terrible. Yeah, you had you had a Titanic experience. Well, he told I, us a story. Yeah, I told this story on the air, didn't I? Yes. I, I oh, went, was I here that day? I yeah. went. I only went and saw it Thanks because a girl I was I was dating at the time wanted to go see it, and I told her I'd go see it if I could drink. And so me and my friend bought 20-ounce Cokes, poured out half, filled the rest with whiskey, and just got progressively more and more drunk as the movie went on to the point where when it was sinking and people were sliding down the deck and into, like, huge beams and stuff, we were just laughing, uproarious laughter in the middle of the theater while people were crying and appalled by what they were watching. It's like the the Seinfeld Schindler's List one, man. You're terrible. You're so bad. You're a movie. They weren't really people. Those weren't real people. All right. right? Okay. Let's let's quickly review Rami's week. All right? What did Rami tell us this week? This is another segment. Let's just do Rami Rewind. Well, and, and, and he's... And he's told us that there's still more that we don't know. <laughs> this man went to a sad movie, got completely obliterated, and laughed as people died. He went into a baseball card store owned by the type of nice old people who are losing their jobs by right the way, now. You know what? And there, stole baseball there, cards. There is a nice epilogue to that story, by the way. Judd, can you fix your camera? I could only see you from like the lips up, and it's weird. Um, that guy who owned the card store years later was my baseball coach, was my Little League baseball coach, and we would laugh about that story, and he actually ended up being 
It's like a family friend. Okay, so even he got over it eventually. You guys should be able to. All right. Are you buying this, Phil? I'm not buying that I'm not for buying one that. I think it's BS. You mean, Swear you, to God. You mean you tied him up in your home so hand that you wouldn't God. tell the authorities? In the basement. Hand to That's God. What hand to God. He yeah, ended up being God. my yeah, baseball. your other hand? He ended up being my baseball coach. No, thank years you. Years later. Jonathan, no. loved me. Nobody believes you. Loved nope. me. Really nice old man. Not believing this. <laughs> no. This sounds Swear made up. Swear to God. Yeah. Oh, man. This sounds like you got ridicule from everybody else. Oh, no, I don't care, Jonathan. Up with a story Jonathan. overnight to, I know, to I know, put a bow on I know this. you don't know me as long as uh, Mackie and Judd. Am I one to shy away from ridicule or shame or embarrassment? No, man. No. That's my brand. All that stuff is right up my alley. I'm good with it. I'm still not buying your story. <laughs> I'm not buying it. Hashtag like, I'm buying your stealing brand. story. All right. It's amazing. I don't care. I so, don't Ra- Rami Rewind will now be a new segment on Mackie and Judd with Rami here. There's more where that came from, we're told. Reckless speculation. But gentlemen, I've got three different bins here. It's choose your own reckless speculation adventure here, okay? I'm going to throw three out. I just want the room to vote on which topic we dive into here. What if Tua drops? Is it possible to trade for Deshaun Watson? Or is Trent Williams still gettable? Each of us voting? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going for for the one that I talked about a little mm. bit with Rami on Score North Live and extensively on Ventline. I'm going door I mean, number two. That's the sexiest one, isn't it? The Deshaun Watson. Reckless speculation. Let's do it. Oh, oh do, do you want me to go? I, I, I thought you were going to go I, after no, I told sorry, you what I wanted. No, I want you. I think we all. I think we all agree that that's the sexiest one. Okay. So uh, why don't you? Uh, why don't you float your notion from earlier in the day here okay, to you, Mackie and Jeff? You got Rami, it, folks. So sorry, I didn't mean to hang you out there. No problem. I was just well. a little bit confused because I thought, let's stop. I'll pick door two, and then we pick door two, and then I was just like, okay, let's go. Uh, Bill O'Brien. We talked about him on Score North Live, I think. Was that the second segment of the uh, 12 yeah. o'clock hour, yep. Rami? Score North Live, weekdays, noon to two. Thank you. Yeah, that was at about 12, okay. 1230-ish. So, so Bill O'Brien, who's been handed the personnel oars, and he is sinking quickly to the Houston Texans. Yeah. He might be a decent coach. I don't know, but he is a terrible personnel guy. Uh, last month he trades DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals in a deal that nets his team David Johnson, a broken down running back who once was okay, but now is injury prone. His statistics are off the charts bad. Makes no sense. Yesterday he acquires, I guess ostensibly to replace DeAndre Hopkins, Brandon Cooks and a fourth round pick, um, in 2020 for a 2020 second round pick. Brandon Cooks is going on, I think his fourth team. He's a nice player who has, I'll say this slowly because it's yeah. a big deal, concussion problems. He, he's also just... I, I and he's saw, paid a ton. Someone from NFL Network sent this tweet out. I can't remember who, but it's it, it matters. The three coaches that have said goodbye to Brandon Cooks are Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, and Sean McVay. Yeah, who probably all know that the concussion problems are going to be a problem. Anyway, so this speeds us up to the tie-in to uh, the Vikings and probably a bunch of teams. Reckless speculation. Bill O'Brien appears to have lost his mind. So you have the opportunity, if you are a team right now, to do something that at most junctures you would never do. Take advantage of a guy who's lost his mind. Exactly right. And do but do it by making a phone call on Deshaun Watson, who I think we all can agree in this studio and Rami in Studio A, B, or C. I don't know what we call it. It's actually Studio Q for quarantine. Studio Q. I think we all agree that Deshaun Watson, if he's not there right now, has the ability certainly to be a top-five game-changing quarterback in this league. 
Right? Yes. Right, Phil? Yes. Ronnie? He is right now, by the way. Yes. yes. Ronnie? Okay. He is right now. Yeah. Okay. So you can make that phone call. And what I said on Ventline is this is the reason why you don't hitch your wagon to Cousins via a contract extension. Because what if you had the freedom, as Bill O'Brien is completely going crazy right now, to call Bill up and say, Billy, 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 Rick Spielman here. Got a little, got an offer for you, okay? Billy, what I'm going to do, I'm going to make you look good, because you don't look good right now. I'm going to give you both my first-round picks. I'm going to give you Kirk Cousins, and I'll sweeten it. You tell me. You want a, you want a third-rounder in 21? You want a fourth-rounder in 22? I'll sweeten her up. I'm going to give you a trade that accrues you a lot of good things back, and I'm going to replace the quarterback. And I just want Deshaun Watson. So Bill O'Brien, I have concluded, is that guy in your fantasy league. <laughs> Robbie, yeah, I said that today on yeah, the show. 100%, yeah. right? Hello? I've been in a fantasy league, and I will not name names because I love all these people. I've been in a fantasy baseball league. I'm also like one of on 20 people who are still playing fantasy baseball. Fantasy baseball, I'll right. write it down. I can't talk and write at the same time, though, so I'm, I'll say it, and then I'll write down the names. All right? So I'm in a fantasy baseball league Robbie with 16 one. guys. Yep. All right? Yep, yep. Four of them are Bill O'Brien, where if you're, you know, you're halfway through the season and you're like, man, I just need... I need a bat. I need a. I need a little pick me up here. All right, I'm going to float so and so a message, and uh, I'm going to get their best hitter because that's. <laughs> yes, oh, Judd, Judd right knows person. who it is. I just showed him a name. <laughs> Guy, the I know audi- too. The audience wouldn't know who it is. But it doesn't Judd, matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's one of them for sure. And if he's listening, he knows who he is, and we love him. But I, I just, you know, I just need to fleece somebody to make sure that I get. A better roster out of this. Yep. That is the NFL with Bill O'Brien, right? All right. Well, we need a we need a stud wide receiver to put with our young mobile quarterback. Who's the dumbest coach in the NFL that would trade a top ten wide receiver? And by the way, I realize as I'm saying that the Vikings did the same thing. But Bill O'Brien, but they got a is nice return. They got a nice return. They got a first round pick, yes, and something they could spin for Trent Williams, maybe if that thing comes to yes. fruition. But he is the dumb owner in your fantasy league, and it's amazing. Bill O'Brien, everybody. Love I mean, that guy. I mean, I think the question is, off Judd's scenario, what's the penalty for trading Kirk Cousins from a cap standpoint? I've got that we, we answer. We talked about this today, too. And this is the problem. If you trade him now... So, Collar told me that the no trade that existed through 2020 is now gone. It got stripped out. So that's the good news. The bad news is, if you trade Cousins right now, and you trade him before June 1st of 2020, the dead money cap hit for 2020... $31.5 million. Now, if you trade him post-June 1st in 2020, it drops to 11.5 mil. This is 2000, so in like two months. In two months, exactly right. So if you were to trade him right so now... you could agree in principle to the trade right now. But Rami, throw, throw out your scenario, because I pretty much dismissed the potential of trading Cousins because of that, and Rami said no. If if Kirk Cousins cap... if You said the dead money is $31 million, right? If you trade Kirk Cousins today, dead money is $31 million. Yes, sir. Deshaun Watson's cap hit is four million. So the combined cost of making that trade is thirty-five million dollars at the quarterback position. That's what 30, Russell, Russell Wilson makes. Thirty-five million dollars for Deshaun Watson instead of thirty-one million dollars for Kirk Cousins. That's a that's a bargain. Reckless speculation. And by the way, this only hap- This this is not happening. They're not trading Deshaun Watson unless Deshaun Watson makes it crystal clear that he's not playing quarterback for the Houston Texans anymore. Then all bets are off, and everybody who doesn't have a quarterback named like Mahomes, 
Uh, probably just Mahomes should be calling to see. <laughs> maybe Russell, Russell Wilson. Maybe Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. Maybe a couple other guys around the league. But pretty much everybody. Phillip Lamar Rivers, Jackson. Phillip Rivers, for sure. Baltimore should be feeling pretty good about their quarterback. But outside of like four or five teams, everybody should be seeing what they can do to get Deshaun Watson if he makes it clear he doesn't want to be the quarterback of the Texans anymore. But don't you guys think we're kind of headed in the, in the direction of Deshaun Watson has been in the league what, two years now, whatever it's been. He he's starting to gain more leverage with where he wants to play. Three years in, yes, sir. In a, exactly. in a couple of years, exactly right. So, and I think we're probably also a step closer to him doing what Rami just said, which is just hitting the detonate button altogether and saying, "I'm done with this. This is ridiculous." Yes, and this is exactly why Judd and I have been so bullish on not locking into a non-elite quarterback at that price, at that guaranteed money. It just it closes off options. Think about how many times in the NFL the last ten years. And even just with the Vikings alone, like Brett Favre becomes available in 2009. Well, if you had locked into a dumb contract with Tavares Jackson or something, and you wouldn't have had the cap space to pay Brett Favre, then you don't get to take advantage of that opportunity. So these opportunities pop up once in a while, and you have to have the draft capital and the salary cap space to pull off the moves. And where this one, to me, is is so tempting is this. You have a problem, or you, you've got a, a possibility right now of solving what's been a problem since 1979. And if you get so so let's say you pay the penalty. Let's say let's say you even pay such a penalty th- that you give up both your first round picks and you take a step back in 2020. But Deshaun Watson provided he stays healthy and we don't know this about any quarterback. This could include Kirk Cousins. Deshaun Watson, guys, takes care of your problem potentially for 8 to 10 years and he's special. Like for the first, I'm I'm 50. I started to follow the Vikings in Tarkington's last year. I would think I was eight. So basically, since the first time I was nine years old, you have now conceivably filled the most important position in sports with a top five guy. And and I believe that in today's National Football League, that is how you put yourself on a Super Bowl course. Reckless speculation. It is, but all of this is predicated on Houston continuing to implode and do the wrong things. And I would think, I would think, ownership would step in before a Deshaun Watson trade. They was just made. gave Bill O'Brien, but they gave him all that power now, just recently. But don't you think if it came down, like if he kept going down this path of terrible trades and well, that's why I'm calling quarterback, today. this is why I'm calling today. That like if if he because he can't pull the trigger on that trade without going to ownership. I wouldn't think. So he goes to ownership and says, listen, I don't know. I just like, well, we can't salvage this relationship with Deshaun Watson. And um, I got a pretty nice trade package. Don't you think ownership would step in and say, all right, dude, dude, you're not trading Deshaun Watson. Would they say dude? But in order to give yourself What if Deshaun Watson said him or me? It's me or Bill O'Brien. Ownership never chooses Bill O'Brien in that situation. There's I mean, no way. Is own, there, look, we're, talk, we're talking about how dumb Bill O'Brien is. Ownership are the ones who handed the reins of the organization <laughs> over to Bill O'Brien. Okay? <laughs> I mean, how many coaches in the NFL would you die on a hill for over Deshaun Watson? Like if it was, well, you can either have Deshaun Watson or this NFL head coach. I don't know if there's any. Give me the top three, top four quarterback. Right. We're talking to sane and rational people here. For the most part, am I on Mac and Judd with Robbie? You're you're talking to people who <laughs> who see opportunity. We're opportunists. This the window here of the Texans being a complete gong show might be short. That's why you're on the phone today. 
And that's why I would have preferred that you, to Phil's point, hadn't locked into Kirk. Because think about this. If you could get Deshaun Watson tomorrow, you would, I think, give up those two first-round picks so quick it would make your head spin. Yes. Okay, you throw in Kirk. Okay. And, and Kirk, with the no trade still in play, would have taken the trade because you, you would tell Kirk, we're going to get Deshaun. He's paid nothing, basically. He's starting. Do you want to play football? He would say yes. Then you would say you're going to play football in 2020 as the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans, right? You opened up. This would have been a window, a very brief one, to capitalize. Football. 651-646-8255. Just indulging in a little Friday reckless speculation on Action Movie Rewind Friday coming up in 45 minutes on the show. Randy and Cottage Grove. Whoa, it's been what? a while, dude. Yeah, you know, I've been uh, been busy doing, uh, you know, just prepping, uh, doing just kind of the typical prep that I do every year for uh, for the draft, and I just kind of coming up coming up for air, and uh, figured I'd check in with you guys and uh, see, you know, if you if you want a uh, you want a mock, or, or also if you uh, kind of we're, we're going to announce where your uh, draft parties are going to be going down this year uh you know not not guaranteed i'm going to be able to make it but uh pretty pretty excited oh. to get the draft right around the corner i mean it's i think Randy, I, it's gonna be pretty tough have you not heard about what's what's going on with everybody staying yeah. staying home and whatnot the social distancing yeah. yeah two weeks is a tough window to to put together a draft party here with the uh, with the what social distancing randy self-isolation quarantine i guess like a like a um would uh, somebody have a have a a problem or something, or what happened? Coronavirus. Yeah, there's a COVID nineteen. There's a pandemic going on, Randy. I don't. Uh, I, I'm not familiar with. Uh, I, I've been, like I said, I've been in my my war room uh, prepping for the for the draft and running through a scenario. I don't have time to to uh, read, you know, the, the whatever you're reading or watching. But uh, wait, you've I'll, uh, I'll, I'll you've, look into it. You've uh, been in your war room for just like six weeks without ever watching the news. You haven't heard I, anything I about I, the coronavirus pandemic. No, I'm gonna have to Google it, I suppose. I mean, I, I don't watch the news. I, I, it's for me, it's it's uh, it's football, and um, you know, I can't leave home. I I've explained that before about the 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 uh, just it's a temporary thing with a, a former coworker. Football. You know, it's, it's, it's too strong to to call what what I have uh, house arrest, but I it. It is a form of it. And, How long uh, has this been going on, Randy? It seems like you've been confined to your house for months. Well, it's uh, it's it, it goes for a little while, and um, and it's going to be done uh, just in time for training camp, and uh, that'll be great because I can get back down there and kind of get my eyes on some of these guys, uh, you know, for real. Uh, you know, it, 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 it is. Hey, Randy, tricky. I don't mean to be like Buzz Killington here, but I mean I don't even know if we're going to have training camp this year. I don't know if I don't know if we're going to be allowed to gather any number of large crowds by that point. You seriously have Randy, not heard ba- of any of this, Randy? Basically, we're all on house arrest been, right I, now. I, I, you know, Jeff, I've been mocking. Okay, I, 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 I don't I don't watch the news. I, I'm going to have to look into it now because it, it, it definitely makes me think my draft party that I throw is perhaps going to have have to have a little different flavor. But. Uh, I, no, I'm 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 out of the loop. I guess I, 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 you you sort of caught me off guard, Randy. Let me put it in in terms I think you can understand. We're all on house arrest right now. The government has ordered pretty much everybody 
to stay home unless you absolutely have to leave the house for essential items? Well, I I'll look into that. I mean, I I, I my my kegerator is uh, is still still pretty full, um, and you know most of the food that I eat is stuff that we get, uh, you know, venison and things like that. But uh, I I again, I'm not familiar with this. I, I've been ordering pizzas and they show up, so I don't. I, <laughs> That's I, good. No, no one, uh, no one, uh, you know, I, I, I hipped me to this as they as they say. But uh, I, you know, I, I'll I'll look into it and I'll I'll give you a, a you know give you a give you my thoughts about it but i gotta you know have some time to sort of you know take it take a gander kind of take in all the information and uh you know fact factor it all in but you you bet your ass is going to be training camp i mean no 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 no, they won't cancel that for for anything i don't i don't know what you're referring to exactly but it it, you know we'll we'll figure out a way to get it done i mean that's a that's a training camp is a sacred thing you know that's when it all starts that's when everybody kind of gets their first and um you know, I'm. I'm. Uh, as soon as we end this phone call, I guess I'll go to some different websites than I normally do and try to figure out what what you're talking about. Because I don't. <laughs> I'm. I'm at a bit of a loss. I. I. I was. I was excited to mock, and now you've got me. You know, wondering what what the hell you're talking about. To be honest, I mean, if you're uh, if you're partaking in no contact mock drafting, I think you're. I think you're fine anyway. I. I mock. Well. I, I mock solo, uh, but I, we used to gather and kind of read our mocks to each other. And I have again, I haven't been able to. I can't leave my mocking. House. I can't leave my house, and 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 and, and uh, so I guess I've been uh, sort of sort of by by default, as they say, uh, at home. But I, I'll look into what you're talking about. It it uh, it doesn't sound good. I'll, I'll tell you that. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I'm. Uh, I'm at a bit of a loss. I, I, you got me flummoxed, and uh, I guess I'll just have to look look into it and, and maybe word flummoxed. Yeah, I would. Uh, my... You know, just go just go check a couple news websites. Just uh, and, uh, you know, I, I Fox News maybe. Yeah, I don't. Again, I don't do news. I, I do football. So this is this is uh, this is a surprising thing, and I'm just going to mm-hmm. have to look into it and and. See what you know. What what might be because right. when when training camp happens, I I gotta be there. <laughs> there's there's no no way that ain't going down. So I'll, I'll look into it and I'll give you my two cents. But uh, I guess I'll, I'll have to put the mock on the shelf for for now because I'm uh, you got me all rattled. I, I came in with a head of steam and now you're telling me I I can't. I mean, you can you can definitely still mock. You can still mock. You just no I no I can't. Not 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 if I'm not jacked up. I mean I I gotta. When I mock, I, I, I got to have a belly, belly full of fire, you know. And 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 right now, you got me rattled. I, I, I'm looking at hmm. a calendar with a date circle that I get to leave my house. And when are you allowed to leave your house? July one. This this whole thing. July one is when I'm allowed to. Yeah, to, it I, might work. I have to. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, it might work know, out well I, for I, all of us, Randy. I, I have to, 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 to. I haven't been able to go to a bar since. Uh, the incident happened, and uh, I, I, I'm stuck at home. Uh, I chose the house arrest over community service because I because of the fact that I knew I'd be mocking. I wouldn't have time to do community service. And I and by the way, I I, I didn't do what they said, but I took I took a, you know bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, as they say. And oh, wow. uh, and uh, so anywho, that's personal. I, I was told not to talk about it uh, in any format, much less on uh, on a 
on a television show here, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll take a peek at uh, at what you're talking about, and uh, you know we'll see what what develops. But I'm a pretty pretty optimistic that we're going to go ahead and get training camp in, and I'm going to be there and jacked up and uh, have a couple couple party beverages in in the cooler like always. So we'll we'll, we'll keep you posted. But uh, right right now, I guess I better go look into this. So uh, school. Skull indeed, Randy. Wow, that's a that's a level of obliviousness I'm not sure I've ever I come across before. Admire it on some level. I kind of wish I didn't know what was going on right now. This has been the worst mock season ever. Ignorance is bliss, right? First, Phil ticked him off. Now he can't mock. Yeah, amazing. Well, Randy and Cottage Grove, mock yet? Uh, flummoxed, blown away. Well, we still have Action Movie Rewind coming up in about 30 minutes here on Maggie and Jeb with Rami. Con Air is the movie we will dive into. One of the great all-time cinematic classics. And when we come back, Wolves Bulls 1997 was on FSN last night. And uh, I've got a list for you guys to pick through here about missed opportunities in Minnesota sports. Mackie and Jeb with Rami here on Score North. Uh, I'm glad you're still open. Open, open. Helping support our local businesses through the coronavirus crisis. We are open for business. This is open for business. Still open, yeah? Yeah. On Score North. And every so often here on the show, we look to highlight businesses in and around the Twin Cities that are still open, still operational, and still looking to serve and help the community. And today's guest on this episode of Open for Business, our friend Mark Aho from Tahoe Sportswear. And Mark, we appreciate everything that, uh, that we've done with you here at Score North and on the Garage Logic podcast as well. Thanks for coming on Open for Business today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And, and right back to you guys. Appreciate you guys equally. Mark, tell the audience and tell us about the charity venture uh, that you've got going on on the website to United We Stand. Yeah, absolutely. And the website, easy with United We Stand. Um, it's UW Stand. So that'll tell a lot of things. We've got some videos on there, some pictures. But kind of the cool part, and I'll try to tell the story fast, was you know we've been around for 25 years, which we're, we're proud of in ourselves. But back in 01, um, when 9-11 happened, even sitting here in Minnesota, we decided we needed to do something. And we took a simple shirt called United We Stand. We raised a little over $94,000, not just in gross sales, but that's what we raised and sent to charities between New York and, and Minnesota with our United We Stand line. And then um, in '04, when the Indian Ocean tsunami hit, if everybody remembers that or those of us old enough to, we raised about another 15000 I'm making the long drive home up to East Bethel, and I'm thinking, what can we do? How can I resurrect this channel with everything going? And then I'm, I'm thinking United We Stand would be awesome, but who would our charity be? Because this is hitting everyone. I mean, it's it's hitting... It's hitting, you know, people in, in big houses with big bank accounts. They still got friends and family, and we're all being quarantined, and we're losing our connection with each other. So we thought, let's put this United We Sand Drive together, but instead of being for a group, it's just for everyone. So we're doing some crazy cheap shirts, um, some really cheap opportunities to donate where we could send to people who are working hard and, and facing some of the effects, and that's kind of what we're doing. That's our resurrection um, or just dusting off our United We Stand. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's been it's getting. We've got hits from four countries now, and I think almost thirty states. People are loving it, and like so we're just trying to get a little movement going, and, and, and in a weird way, have a little fun with it. It's not that it's always a time, but get a smile. Our goal is we get people wearing it, and you see someone on the street 
uh, the rule that we have, not that we can enforce our own rules, connect, you know, give a peace sign, give a wink, give a wave, give a smile, and just let's let's find something good to do and maybe get a package in the mail that's got kind of a cool T-shirt with a great message. Awesome. So that's what we're doing. It's It's been cool, yeah. yeah and I'm on the uh, the actual uh, merch page here, too, and you're not kidding. You've got shirts for, for $5, $8. You can get a sweatshirt for, for 10 bucks, 15 bucks. Uh, what what are the yep. what, what types of shirts and uh, and swag can people buy for this good cause? You know that's kind of it. We're we're t-shirt guys. I mean that's what we do for you guys, and and that's what we are. We're t-shirt guys. So there's there's two. If you look actually on the site, there's two things too. You got t-shirts. We do a white economy line. So yeah, our white t-shirts are four bucks. Uh, long sleeves I believe are nine bucks, and sweatshirts are fourteen. So um, performance are eight. So everything is really cheap. Again, trying to make everyone else the recipient of that. We've got some window decals that if you want to put a decal, then we we thought you know as I've been watching the news and seeing all these people, there's another link where you can purchase but you're not really purchasing for three dollars and fifteen cents we're going to take white t-shirts you could speak for say ten you know what i mean and we're going to find i just had a lady today who ordered a hundred and said please send them to any one of the hospitals in new york so for three you know for three dollars and fifteen cents each we've got those you won't get those in what kind of prizes um but whoever Get, buys a hundred of those, they can pick where they want them. Go to you know an emergency service in say Oklahoma or stay right here in home in Minnesota. So those are kind of the things we've got. Normal things. What we do, we're t-shirt guys, and and that's we're kind of play into our strong suit. So and uh, and for the listeners of the show here and listeners of Score North, uh, if you bought a t-shirt from the Score North stand at the State Fair last year, it came from Mark's crew at Tahoe Sportswear, and and the venture that we're talking about here is United We Stand. The website is uwstand.com. And Mark, uh, any any last words from you? We appreciate you coming on, man. No, we appreciate you having us on. And what we want to tell everybody is you look at the website, as you see the videos, um, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, everywhere. Share it and try to get people involved. We, that's what we want. And like I said, if you do it, follow the rules. Give a smile. Do those kind of things. We're just trying to start a movement. If we can do it right here in little old Minneapolis, St. Paul, that'd be awesome. Awesome. And you guys are helping us out, and I appreciate it more than you know. Mark, thank you, man. We'll talk soon. Gentlemen, take care. Have a good weekend. All right. That's another episode of Open for Business here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. Jonathan here with the Score North download. In times like these, you may not be thinking about blood donation, but blood is needed every day by patients facing a range of serious illnesses. If you're healthy, please schedule an appointment to donate by visiting redcrossblood.org or use the keyword red over at scorenorth.com. Also at scorenorth.com right now, Matthew Collar has a Q&A with ex-Bear center Olin Krutz, who breaks down how Garrett Bradbury can take the next step as an NFL center, and Judd Zolgad has the number one Vikings quarterback of all time, as voted on by Matthew Collar, Judd Zolgad, Phil Mackey, and Patrick Royce over at scorenorth.com. It's all for free right now at scorenorth.com and the Scorenorth mobile app. That's been your Scorenorth download. Now back to Mackey and Judd with Rami. Thank you, Jonathan. Action Movie Rewind, just 25 minutes away here on the show. And uh, we appreciate everyone who's been listening to us, even though there's been no live sports for a month. We're just trying to entertain and inform and grind through this with everybody else. So if you're a new listener, if you've been listening, we appreciate you. And uh, we would appreciate also if you listen to our podcast, Mackie and Jeb with Rami on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. Corner North app is a great spot. If you could give us a five-star rating and a review, tell us your favorite part about the show and even your least favorite part about the show. We will read those comments on our show. We haven't done that in a while. No, it's been a few months. I enjoyed that. 
So if you leave us if you leave us a rating, it helps our show if you give us a five star rating. But you can still give us a five star rating and then give us a fun little rip a job, a little constructive criticism. Yes, that's not We'd so appreciate that. It might be fun. Right. Might, might not be fun. Well, it'd be fun. Be fun for the audience. Well, yeah, not fun for us necessarily. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. Take a spoonful of that medicine. Mm-hmm. So last night during the Mackie and Jeb with Rami quarantine happy hour, we were watching the fourth quarter of. Probably still to this day, one of the most prominent victories in Timberwolves franchise history. December 30th, 1997, at Target Center, mm-hmm. the Minnesota Timberwolves, led by Kevin Garnett, Stefan Marbury, and Googly Oogly Oogliata, took down the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls for the first time in franchise history. Now, Scottie Pippen wasn't playing, and somebody called in a death rumor about Michael Jordan's mom at halftime. I can't halftime. believe that. Other than that, just rushed to the, the hospital, okay? All she was only rushed to the hospital in grave condition. Other than that, the Bulls are at close Stay to full classy, strength. Minnesota. <laughs> it, it wasn't from Minnesota. It I don't think it was from. Minnesota? I don't okay. think it was from the state. Right. We would never, no, never. Uh-uh. We like to win fair and square. Well, we just like to win. It, it, it really, just we give just, us a we win. We don't really right. know about winning. So, so here's my question. This is probably more for Judd because you know, Judd lived through these. I lived through these. Which of these franchises had the bigger missed opportunity during their eras? All right. Yep. Those Timberwolves from last night, because last night, that win that they showed on Fox Sports North, which, by the way, there is a full Minnesota Sports Rewind episode dedicated solely to that game in that era. Minnesota Sports Rewind, Apple, Spotify, Scorn Tap. The 1997 through 2004 Timberwolves, with one of the best players in the history of the NBA, Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett is a top 30 all-time player, for my money. And uh, they won one playoff series over that stretch, 1996 through, through 2004. The 2001 through 2010 Twins, with multiple MVPs, Cy Young Award winner, one of the best closers in baseball, gold glovers all over the place, they won one playoff series between that stretch. The 98 through 2001 Vikings, with Randy Moss, Chris Carter, why are you doing this? Yeah, or the 2012 through 2017 Wild with Zach Parise, Ryan Suter, Miko Koivu, et cetera, et cetera. How would you rank those four? Happy, happy Friday to you, too. Um, you know what? I will rank them one through four for you. Is one the biggest missed yes, opportunity? Yes, one, one, one is a team that should have won a championship. Okay. Number four, the 97 through 2004 Wolves, because don't forget, Marbury forces his way out in 99. That changes the dynamic completely. Garnett is still a great player, but when Marbury left, it changed things. Uh, now, they did recover and come back and had a nice run, but I'd put them fourth. I'd put them just behind, and three and four probably are pretty interchangeable here to me. Number three, the 2012 through 17 Wild, which had Parisi and Suter. Probably didn't have um, great goaltending as Zach, when he joined us on the Rewind to talk about July 4th, 2012, the day that Parisi and Suter signed. As Zach talked about, they probably didn't have the center center play that was necessary to win a championship. So I'm going to say three, the Wild, but if you switched the Wild and Wolves at three and four, that'd be absolutely fine. Okay. Number two, I think there's some, I think we begin to distance ourselves a bit here. Number two is those Twins teams from 2001 to 2010. 2006 was a really good team. Uh, when, when we went back and did the rewind about the last time the Twins won a playoff game, which was 2004, yep. game uh, one at yep. Yankee Stadium, those teams weren't nearly as afraid of the big bad Yankees as we seem to recall them being. Now, it got bad. It got mental, or it got in their heads after. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those Twins teams definitely had some shots, all right? Santana, great pitcher. 
they're number two. Because when you are able to draft a player who redefines the sport as we know it, which is what one Randy Moss did in 98, Hmm. when you redefine the game with your high-flying passing techniques, when you have a team that goes 15-1, and 15-1, and and at halftime of the 98 NFC title game, is basically in control against a very much a lesser team, and then, make no mistake about it, in the second half chokes, all right? That was a Super Bowl team. Mm-hmm. Like, of all of these teams, if you say to me, championship, I can get you, in the case of the Twins, Maybe even the Marbury Garnett Wolves. I can get you to, well, I think the path was there. The Vikings, the path was not there. They were a step away from being there. So I actually think, I, I don't disagree necessarily with your entire list there, but the Vikings only, between 98 and 2001, they were very exciting. They had Randy Moss, but really only one of those years were they ripe for winning a Super Bowl. 1998, and they should have won the Super Bowl in 1998. Mm-hmm. But then the Rams came in in 1999, and they were the best offense for three years. And there were even the Broncos were were hanging around there in 1998. So I actually think it's the Timberwolves because when you have a player of the caliber of Kevin Garnett, when you have one of the three to five best players in the NBA in today's league, really it's about can you put two stars around him? And it's just harder to build a roster today, I think, to win a championship when you've got. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, like, okay, who's going to put together a team that has three superstars, right? In that era, you just needed a sidekick. You needed a sidekick and a good roster. And they couldn't even put a sidekick next to Kevin Garnett. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say it's easy to be an NBA general manager. I'm not signing up for that. But, my God, when you have one of the best players in the NBA for a decade, and it's not about finding a trio of players and... Like it's can you just find one guy to put next to him? Make a trade, draft somebody. Don't get four draft picks taken away because you tried to sign Joe Smith under the I table. Feel like you're, the mad, you're mad though. I I'm talking about a Vikings team that had the the stew was made, man. The recipe was completed. I wasn't asking you to go do another thing. Just don't choke. But they also yeah, and I agree with 1998. But the Vikings also then like had a new quarterback in '99, and then another new quarterback in 2000, 2001. They had three quarterbacks over that Let's stretch. Call Pepper then. But anyway, that the Vikings are my pick because they were so close to being there. Yeah, I mean, I think the question is, and then this is more for Rami, is like when you have, and this is my assertion: when you have an NBA franchise and you have one of the three to five best players in the league, you have a chance to win a championship. And like that's really that's the hardest thing to do in the NBA. There's 30 teams, and all of them are trying to find a Tim Duncan. They're trying to find a Kobe. They're trying to find a KG, and most teams aren't able to. So once you do have that guy for like 10 years, you're in, baby. You're I really in the club. thought from the outside looking in, I wasn't in Minnesota while all this was going on, but that Wolves team, and I had a little bit of bias, I guess you could say, because I loved Kevin Garnett coming out of high school because he played his high school ball in Chicago, and mm-hmm. like it was... In terms of basketball players that people talked about in Chicago at that time, it was literally Michael Jordan, then Kevin Garnett, and he was a high schooler. He was a superstar in the city, dude. So I love Kevin Garnett coming out of high school. I was a big fan of him in the NBA, and then when he got teamed up with Stephon Marbury, I thought that was one of the, maybe not the team of the future, but one of the teams of the future. I thought that they had the next big two of the league. I thought they had the next Stockton Malone or the next Kemp Gary Payton. You know what I mean? So... For me, from the outside looking in, 
Those Vikings teams are pretty good. I'm not hockey guy, so obviously I don't have a lot to say about the Wild from 2012 to 2017. Um, those Twins teams, I remember a few good years from those Twins teams, but again, from the outside looking in, the team that I remember and I thought had the most promise of the four that you guys are talking about here are those Timberwolves teams. Yeah. I really thought they were about to be the next big thing. And it's 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 funny because we were watching and like at the time of that game in 1997, Rami was. Like Rami was in the middle of his Bulls fandom, right? Chicago guy. And at one point you even asked, you guys are joking about, like, is it really going to be confetti after this game? Yeah, watch. That blew my mind. And even though that's kind of lame that they put, they had confetti falling from the top of the arena during a regular season game in which Scottie Pippen wasn't even playing, I think it showed you. <laughs> it's true, man. Come it on. showed you how all in the fans were, how all in the players were. The fran- Like, the franchise was, that's the most coherent and most together the franchise has probably ever felt. Oh, that yeah, game absolutely. and that moment, and yeah. then subsequently the next probably twelve months until Stephon Marbury demands. If Marbury a trade. stays, if so, if he does not go to McHale and demand a trade in '99, and he stays, and they don't win, I think it's a bigger disappointment in totality. But Marbury so blew that entire th- thing up. I, I mean, I love the story that, that we've gotten in the past couple of days that when they made that trade, and it was in March, and they're playing. Uh, in Golden State, that Sam Mitchell is so mad, he's chucking basketballs into the stands. Like the upper deck. Like, think about that. And I just remember the devastation of, this thing was going to be great. What happened? Mm -hmm. What happened here? Yeah. So, uh, hit us up. Tweet at us, at Phil Mackey, at Jay Zolgad, at Rami is tweeting. The question is, which franchise had the bigger missed opportunity in Minnesota sports the last 20 years or so? The Timberwolves from like 96 to 2004, the Twins from 2001 through 2010, the Vikings from 98 through 2001, or the Wild from 2012 through 2017. Judd, hit us with the Drew Brees news that came across in the last couple this hours. hurt my brain a little bit. Uh, let's, so, let's just say that Mr. Tony Romo has changed the announcing game. So just real quick, when I saw this news come across, because the three of us were working on a top-secret project that will be released on Scornorth social media here, maybe even tonight. So I was kind of like away from news for like an hour. I jumped back on and saw, wait, Drew Brees agrees to a deal with NBC. Did he retire? What happened? So this story was broken by a guy that does a lot of reporting on sports media by the name of Andrew Marchand of the uh, New York Post. His story reads, Drew Brees, to what Phil just said, is siding with NBC, NBC Sports over ESPN in a move that will make him a fixture on NFL telecasts after he finishes playing, the Post has learned. In a contract that will begin after Brees retires from the Saints, the 41-year-old will be groomed as the potential replacement for Chris Collinsworth on Sunday Night Football, according to sources. So he might play for two more years. And then yes. join NBC as and, part of this contract. And Collinsworth is clearly Has not this ever happened before? Yet? A guy signing a contract to broadcast while he's still playing? I can't recall this ever happening before. And Drew Brees better be the greatest color commentator in the history of color ba- commentators for them baseball, to go to these lengths. Baseball back in the day had guys who were active work oh, sure, on you playoffs see that. and World Series. Yeah, you see that. But I mean a guy entering into a contract to be I don't think the so. guy. And I, and I really believe that this is one thing. Romo changed the game completely. And and the one thing I do like, and I think that remains very important, is the realization that these guys that get done playing and go into the broadcast booth, if they're really good, have shelf lives. Because I contend in five years, uh, Tony's act is still going to be pretty good, but he's going to lose track of the game itself, right? He's going to be removed. He's not going to know as many people. The philosophies are going to change. 
So I think where you jump on a guy like Breeze, one, you're banking on he's going to be great, obviously. I get that. But you're also banking on his first three years out or so from playing. He's going to be in lockstep with everything going on on that field. But does he strike you guys as Mr. Personality? Because I don't like Tony, really. Tony Romo always had that personality and he was dating models know, yeah. and celebrities and that big cheeky smile, right? That's a good question. Like I, you I always kind of knew that if Tony Romo wanted to do some media, he was going to be super likable and Mr. Personality. Breeze is likable, but I just don't, I, I just, I don't get like, the over-the-top personality vibes like I get from Romo or like okay I watched Peyton's places for like three hours the other night they're, they're really they're really good by oh the way oh my god they are he's really good please dude. get that just give him ten million dollars more I've than you were saying. gonna offer have you guys him. ever watched his spotlight thing where he breaks down game tape of NFL games I've I don't not. know if I've seen that one great at it so good at it so so good at it I'm <laughs> telling you he'll be better than Romo when he eventually ends up in a booth he's gonna be better than Romo yeah here's my question if you talk to Peyton and he clearly is like, I don't know if I want to do, because these guys fly into the game site like on Thursday or Friday. They go to all the practices, blah, blah, blah. And I get that. And a lot of them, that's great. Peyton Manning, though. Wouldn't you tell him, Peyton, show up Saturday night. Like, it probably won't yeah. be as good, but he's, but to watch, Phil, watch Phil on your own. Phil is saying, those Peyton places, I don't want to overstate this too much. But as a sports fan, a lot of it is riveting television. And it's his personality. So these Peyton's places, there's, I don't know, there's probably 30 episodes. They're just like little 15, 20-minute things. And for anyone who hasn't seen them, and they're on ESPN+, Plus, but they are showing a lot of these now on just ESPN, them, yeah, ESPN2 because they need content. Yes. And so they're just running these for like three, four hours. And it's him. He'll just like fly into the Bay Area, and he'll go running with Jerry Rice. And they'll just like tell stories and then come back and sit down. Or he'll fly out to Baltimore and eat crab legs with Ray Lewis. And then they'll talk about how they used to play chess, basically, at the line of scrimmage with each other, right? Tom Brady one was great. Yeah, Tom Brady, go out. He went to Jim Nance's house. <laughs> they played golf in Jim yes. Nance's backyard. Jim Nance's, like, $30 million mansion. But, but he'll show up, he'll talk to Ray Lewis, and it'll be a five-minute discussion on how the Ravens would never tip their defense until five seconds left on the play clock. But Peyton also knew that, so that he would wait to give his final call until two seconds, blah, blah, blah. Do you guys think Peyton Manning is putting in like six days prep for that interview? No, he's probably flying private out to Baltimore. ESPN probably picks up the tab. He shows up, sits down with Ray Lewis, has three or four ideas. If you told me, listen, we don't care if you're in the meeting room with the producers and stuff. You want to fly private for a Sunday afternoon game? Or what would he do for ESPN? Monday night games, right? So you fly out, yes. fly out on Monday morning. You don't even have to spend a night away from your kids. Fly out Monday morning, fly back home on your red-eye private jet Monday night, and you can literally just show up. You don't need any information. You can talk to people on the phone if you want to. I wonder, like, what is stopping him? Is he, is he, it, might be the, it might be that, that, that they're basically saying, well, our guys fly in on Thursday, and then they do this and that. Because yeah, private jet, private jet in. It's like it's like private 16, jet out. Because we've heard work. we've heard the money that's been thrown at him. It's, it's certainly not money. Seventeen days of work for him. I know, but right now my guess is that they are saying, well, if you go in on Saturday or you'd have to go in. He's so good though. Yeah. Well, I just I mean, Drew Brees feels like well, we got to get someone who's got a name, right? right? And I just don't know if he has the personality. The other thing I want to throw at you guys here. From USA Today, before we get into action movie rewind, Con Air in about 10 minutes. Baseball keeps throwing trial balloon ideas out for how they can restart their season. 
Last week it was, all right, what if we put everyone in quarantine in Arizona and they're away from their families and this and this, which I would sign up for. But this is from USA Today. How about the New York Yankees and Philadelphia Phillies being division rivals for the season? Or the Red Sox and Atlanta Braves? What about the Dodgers and the Indians? Major League Baseball, assessing myriad proposals, has discussed a radical plan that would eliminate the traditional American and National Leagues for 2020, a high-ranking official told USA Today Sports. They would realign all six divisions for an abbreviated season. The plan would have all 30 teams returning to their spring training sites in Florida and Arizona and playing regular season games only in those two states without fans in an effort to reduce travel and minimize risks in the midst of COVID-19. Here's how the divisions would be realigned. Geography based on Florida and Arizona. So the Grapefruit League would be... Proximity the, to the other the other team's facilities. Yep. Right? Okay. So like the Twins are right down the street from the Red Sox in Fort Myers. So the Twins division would be the Grapefruit League South division. Red Sox, Twins, Braves, Tampa Bay Rays, and Baltimore Orioles. So basically all the teams like up and down the Gulf side yep. of Florida spring training. The, uh, the North Grapefruit League would be the Yankees, Phillies, Blue Jays, Tigers and Pirates, and then you have all the other teams in, you know, I'm not going to go through all the lists. So uh, how do you guys feel about this proposal compared to last week's proposal, which just had all of the teams in Arizona in quarantine? Mm, I'm, You know what? As long as they can do it safely without taking, you know, tests away from people who need them much more, I really don't care how they align this thing. I don't. If everybody's in Phoenix or half of them are in Florida and half of them are in Phoenix, I really don't care how they align it. I'm willing to try some new things in 2020 and experiment in baseball and outside of baseball, but uh, I, I got no problem with it. I got no problem with this whatsoever, as long as they don't try to sneak the DH in both leagues thing across oh, me. See. Oh, that's it, coming. No. That's part of this and you know, proposal. That's 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 so unethical for you guys and others to be trying to sneak that in Trojan horse style. We're trying to earmark it. Yeah, it's, it's an earmark. It, it really is. It's Seven very inning games. Super unethical. This Universal. Is, this and, is the same thing. Beer sales after the seventh inning. I love it. Yay! This is the same thing that's senators time. do when they try and like fold something into a bill that's being voted <laughs> on that has nothing to do with the bill, just so they can get something they want before yeah, they give you something you want. Hundred percent. It's it's dirty. It's unethical. And stop. And it doesn't even serve the purpose that that all these ideas are trying to serve, which is to make games faster, which is less innings, which is less pitches, which is more games. DHs mean more offense. That means more pitching. That means more pitches thrown. That means more innings. That means longer games. That means more wear and tear on these players in what's already a condensed schedule. If anything, we should be eliminating the DH across the board, across the board altogether. And for the record, that is part of the that is legitimately part of the proposal. The DH would be universally it doesn't make any sense because the leagues are gone. It doesn't yeah. make any no sense. There's no leagues left though. It do, it makes zero They're crossing sense. the leagues. Well, you can, you can still have a pitcher hit if you want to, just to preserve it. If you want to put crappy Madison Bumgarner up at the plate, I'm just saying for the rules that we're hit. talking about implementing and experimenting. What happened with, to the guy who just three days ago wanted baseball back? I, I want baseball back. I absolutely want baseball. back. Okay, all right, all right. Just not with it's your universal choice. DH. It's your choice. No, it's DH, your choice. How about DH, that? DH across How about the board it's your or no baseball? How about it's your choice? No DH across the board or no baseball? Well, then I'm taking I'm taking baseball. I'll take baseball exactly. Too. Yeah, I'm yeah, taking yeah. baseball. But I'm saying if you had a choice, which do you take? I mean, okay. okay what if it, what if it was pitcher across the board? I take, yeah. I'm taking baseball. I mean, that gets rid of Nelson Cruz. So 
You can play first base. Yeah, but then where does Sano play? Right field. He's natural there. Kepler? Kepler? <laughs> Buxton? <laughs> Sano? Over to Coyle. Back to Grandland? Grandland? We're going to keep going right position up. to position right until we up. figure out who's the odd man out after nine guys. So I, I love this. I think also there's another note in here that makes sense from a TV perspective in that early in the day, the games in Florida would start maybe even at 11 a.m. Eastern. It's all baseball. So you could have games starting at 10 a.m. Central Time. Yes. And then primetime games, East Coast, and then also later on slots for the Arizona games. You just have games it's all, all day baseball throughout the day. Yeah. Because the league would be split. Instead of having like a small handful of West Coast games, you'd have games spread all throughout East Coast and West Coast. Get it done, baseball. Get it done. But Rami brought up the key problem. If you can't test, really, like, if you can't test guys before each game, yeah, well, that's yeah, they it have all to. kind of falls apart. Or at the very least, each week, right? Like it, ha- you have to have regular testing checkpoints. But I love how, how baseball day after day now keeps calling journalists that they know <laughs> and like. Hey, Bob. They wouldn't do that. What about this? Float this idea. Let's see if it gets a lot of backlash. We haven't been to the moon in a while. Okay. If you thought the ball was juiced last year, what if we fly everyone to the moon? No gravity. (laughs) It's the Pluto division featuring the Minnesota (laughs) Twins, the Philadelphia Phillies, the St. Louis Cardinals. Amazing. So keep keep floating them out, baseball. I think we'll uh, we'll keep analyzing you guys in your universal DH and trying to. I'm these, with you. I just in think these it's times, funny you guys. in these crisis, in this crisis, yeah. you guys are going to try and sneak in that Trojan horse. Well, it's just know, shameful. You know, shameful and unethical. Rami, I like so is stealing baseball cards, but we don't keep bringing that up. Yeah, Thank I was Jonathan. I was a child. Okay, don't but be this childish. Is, but this is what's ridiculous. Okay, like when you guys say, "All right, you're trying to wipe out the DH and sneak in the universal DH." I'm replacing the word DH with Nelson Cruz. I don't Jim care. Jim Tomey from 10 care. years ago. Because you know yes, what? Yes, I want to see know what, Nelson Phil? Cruz hit bombs. I'm about the greater good. I'm not selfish. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pick and choose what I want based on what serves my team. I want the. I want what's for the greater good of baseball. And for the greater good of baseball, no DH. The universal the DH board. is coming. And I'm a guy that I'll for never. a long time fought with Phil. Because I like it when pitchers hit, but I'll guess never what? submit to that ever. It's Who coming. likes it when it's pitchers coming? hit? I like I it. I like the strategy. I but do. It's, it's I going like the strategy away. of it. They, what? It's I like going, the strategy no of it. Strategy. I like a manager having to think. So I like you, a manager the, having a tough decision the, the to make. The double switch is baseball sexy. I love Just a double admit. switch. I love it. And so you, a triple switch. Oof. Oh, it's oh. baseball sexy. Oh. Ooh, triple dun, switch. Dun, oh. dun, 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 dun. Oh. Get that left fielder in here. You go mm. play left field. You play second base. And you bat seventh. You know triple what? switch. Or if you like if, hide, hide a pitcher in left field because you want to bring him back oh. into the game. Oh, man. Here's the thing. Oh. Here's the thing oh, I love. I love. Ooh. It challenges. You just start drinking it, before the show. Wait, wait, wait. It challenges the guy like me who likes to keep score. Because you got to be on your toes when they're doing double switches. Because you can't assume where they're going to hit. Yeah, the double switch is so great because now I get to deal with a crappy pitcher hitting and a crappy backup middle infielder coming into the game. It's so exciting. Yeah, give me more Matt Tolbert's I'm admitting in. the universal yeah. DH is coming, okay? You guys are basically saying you'd rather have... Extra Matt Tolbert's than extra Nelson Cruz's. I'm just going to say Jonathan, this. Jonathan, you feel me, I'm right? I'm just going to say this. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm just going to say this. Get rid of pitchers hating. If there is ever a universal DH, you guys think I'm annoying with put a roof on it? If there is ever a oh, universal no, DH, yeah, no, that's oh, true. God, I'll never, ever relent. Ever. Ever relent on this. But you're ever. In, in an American League town, so I don't the care. ship has sailed here. I don't care. What, are you going to start to complain about the Washington Nationals? Yeah. Yeah, I might. I might just do that. 
It's ridiculous. Pot him down, would you please? I will. Thanks. And turn off his camera on the live stream, too. <laughs> and just allow him Can to I think he's on. <laughs> yeah. And just allow him to think he's on the whole hey, time. You can mute his camera. Yeah, mute his camera. See what happens. <laughs> he's trying to talk. <laughs> can you hear him from the hall? <laughs> I can't hear anything. Gentlemen. Action movie rewind. Yes. When we come back, Mackie and Jeb with Rami dive into Con Air. One of the great cinematic masterpieces of our time. Join Score North tomorrow night at 7 p.m. on scorenorth.com and the free Score North mobile app for Loon Night in Minnesota. The MLS season may be temporarily on hold, but that doesn't mean we still can't support our loons. Grab your favorite scarf, put on your best kit, and join us as we replay Minnesota United's very first home game at Allianz Field against New York City FC tomorrow night at 7 p.m. on scorenorth.com and the free Score North mobile app. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Al. Action movie reviews with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Get to the chopper! Yippee-ki-yay, mother. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. I have the only gun on board. Welcome to Con Air. Hey, Larkin, who's that guy? That is Cameron Poe, a parolee hitching a ride home. He's a nobody. Yes, it is time. Five o'clock on Fridays. This is the third edition of Action Movie Rewind on Mackie and Judd with Rami. Are you guys ready for this? We've already reviewed Bloodsport. We've reviewed Hard to Kill. And now, the 1997 cinematic classic, Hard to Kill, with a star-studded cast. Dude, this cast. It's absurd. It's amazing. Oh, the Con Air cast is really, really, really good. Like, critically critically acclaimed actors up and down the roster. John Malkovich? Here's the list. One of the best. Nicolas Cage in the middle of a three action movie run that included The Rock and what was the other one? The Rock, Con Air, and there was I can't remember the third one, but he had a bunch of action movies. Uh, doing this National trip. Treasure. National Treasure. Okay, was that, was that what it was called? Oh, he had a run there in the nineties that probably uh, made it so they could Armageddon. He was in Armageddon. 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 Okay, yeah. yep. So Nicolas Cage was the star of this movie. John Cusack in the middle of a nice little run. John Malkovich as Cyrus the Virus. Steve Buscemi as creepy serial killer guy who killed 37 people. So good. Dave Chappelle starring Dude, in this he was movie. so good. Sneaky, really, really good. So good. He didn't yeah. last very long in the movie, but he was throwing fastballs. He played a key early. role, though. He plays yeah. a key role. Danny Trejo as Johnny 24, Johnny 23. Johnny 23. He's trying to become Johnny 24. Yeah, he just passed, that. right? In real life? Did he? I think no, he just Danny passed. Trejo is still Danny alive. Trejo. Don't oh, really? Okay. That. Thought he you just killed kill Danny Trejo. Treasure. Treasure. That's why I asked question. Ving Rames. Is Ving Rames still alive? Yes. Yes. Okay. Still in Mission Impossible movies. Monica Potter and the shrimp guy from Forrest yes. Gump also in this movie. <laughs> oh. He doesn't get his actual name. He's just the shrimp guy from Forrest Gump. <laughs> I forgot his name. Except, <laughs> except this time he doesn't die. Uh, spoiler alert. Like, yeah, come on, Judge. No, no, no. Sorry. If it's from 97. I'm spoiling it for you. I got got pages of notes here, so there's a lot of spoilers. Here's the summary. Here's the synopsis of Con Air, 1997. Brilliant. Just one word. It is. 
Brilliant, period. Former war hero and Army Ranger Cameron Poe, played by Nicolas Cage, is sentenced to eight years in prison when he accidentally kills a man in a barroom brawl. Accidentally is a relative word. He was definitely... Not a barroom brawl, it's outside. The old old palm to the nose, driving the nose bone up into the brain. It's pouring rain. There's a lot of holes in this part of the story. He was up against it. So he uh, he's he's defending his pregnant wife in the pouring rain outside of a bar against three guys, and because he's an army ranger, he just hey, takes care of all three of quick them. Quick question: <laughs> How was she pregnant? He just came back from a long stint as an army ranger. How was she pregnant? Why would you ask that question? <laughs> Why would you poke holes in a movie that I now love? <laughs> I'm not poking holes. Robbie, I'm wondering uh, if Cameron Poe. Was played for a fool. That's what I'm wondering. Did you, guys, notice, right? the, did you notice that little Casey Poe looks a lot like John Cusack? That's, that's a fine point, sir. A lot like John, John Cusack. How was she pregnant? The only thing I can think of is that I'll tell in, you after the show. In the time between when the barroom brawl took place, he got arrested pretty quickly, right? Yeah. Was there a conjugal visit before he went away for eight years? That maybe she wasn't pregnant at the time of the brawl, but maybe there was a conjugal visit at I some point. I don't know, point. man. All right. I'm playing, I'm I'm playing I, along, guys. Guys, I have the answer for you. It was in the dialogue itself. You know this gentleman, Hunter? He's a regular. Yeah, I'm a regular. Regular hound dog. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the dialogue it itself. Was, the, guy that he, the guy that he killed was yeah. the father. Okay. Good work. <laughs> That's why know. he was so upset with Cameron Poe for no good damn reason. That explains it. All right. So when his, when his release from prison comes through after eight years, he's very eager to see the daughter that he's never met in person. However, Poe's original flight is delayed, so he's put aboard a flight transporting 10 of the most dangerous men in the American penal system to a new high-security facility. <laughs> One of the criminals, Cyrus the Virus, oh, yeah. is a serial killer and an insane genius who has hatched a diabolical plot. With the help of several other hoods, including Diamond Dog, played by Ving Rhames, Johnny 23, played by Daniel Trejo, and Garland Green, Steve Buscemi, Cyrus the Virus and his men will hijack the plane and fly to a neutral location where they can live as free men Cameron Poe finds himself stuck in the middle. He has to find a way to get home, keep himself alive, and look after his cellmate, shrimp guy from Forrest Gump. <laughs> who you needs, can at least call him Bubba Gump. All right? he's, it, you can at least give him Mc- the respect of Bubba Gump. It's McKelty Mc- Williamson. McKelty Williamson there, yeah. yeah he's, he's very famous. So he's trying to keep McKelty Williamson alive. And he's trying to help one of the female cops as well, who is about to be the next victim of Johnny 23. Spoiler Cameron Poe accomplishes all of these things and meets his daughter and hands her. He even the saves bunny. the bunny. He does. This movie received 55% on Rotten Tomatoes. What was your favorite part of the movie? Let's start with Rami. Conair. I think my favorite part of the movie is when he's reading the letters to and from his the love of his life and his daughter, which probably isn't his daughter, Casey. And I don't know if you guys caught this. Is he doing his best Forrest Gump impression while he's reading those letters? Because I saw that, and then it dawned on me. His cellmate is Bubba Gump, and there's definitely something going on here. Dear Casey, of course I'm coming home. In just a little while longer, and all the things we miss doing together, you can be sure we'll do. Dear Hummingbird, break out the fine china, chill the lemonade, tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree, because this boy's coming home to his ladies. Coming home forever. I just hope I'm not a disappointment to Casey or to you. The only thing missing from that is Jedi. I'm coming home, Jedi. 
<laughs> What's up with that accent? Okay. What's, What's up with right, that let's accent? Let's get to the bottom of yeah. it. <laughs> All right. This, this is the perfect point, Judge. Jonathan, I, I give you guys Exhibit A, the accent. There was a 1991 film, very popular at the time, very long, JFK, mm-hmm. starring Kevin Costner as, as Jim Garrison, real-life big-time character. Uh, play for me, 91, Jim Garrison. So what really happened that day? Let's just for a moment speculate, shall we? We have the epileptic seizure around 12.15 p.m., distracting the police, making it easier for the shooters to move into their places. The epileptic later vanished. All right. Have a checking in. So, so that is Costner doing what I think is a pretty average southern accent, or at least his interpretation. Bad. It's not, you know. So anyway. that's But that accent sounds like an Oscar-worthy accent when you compare it to Nicholas Cage. But then Cage. go to Nicholas Cage, who I think ripped off Dear Costner. Casey, of course I'm coming home. In just a little while longer, and all the things we miss doing together, you can be sure we'll do. Dear Hummingbird, break out the fine china, chill the lemonade, tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree, because this boy's coming home to his ladies, coming home forever. I think Cage tried forever. to rip off how so Costner good. affected a southern accent. Maybe he shouldn't have. Maybe yeah, no, probably not. Have. Why did his character need a southern accent? And the accent, was it? Th- I thought it was thicker in that portion of the movie than it was the oh, rest yeah. of the movie. Oh, for sure was. Am I right? Yeah, like he. I think. I think they shot the whole movie, and then he went into a recording studio somewhere to do the voiceover, and forgot the accent, forgot how thick it was, <laughs> like, <laughs> forgot, forgot what dialect it was, and just winged it. Couldn't he have just been from Ohio? Like, could, like, why did he have to be from Alabama? Was there any significance? Wait, no, that's the no. There was. <laughs> doesn't make sense. He didn't because they play the Sweet Home Alabama at some point in the movie. I don't know, oh, man. Which gets a great line from Buscemi's character. All right, Joe. What was your favorite part of the movie? <laughs> that is a great line. Okay, so. I think my favorite part was was Buscemi's entrance into the film, <laughs> where where they wheel him in in a cage, basically, right? And the Hannibal Lecter, and thing. he's got the Hannibal Lecter mask on. And I say that because the Buscemi and Buscemi's great. I think he's fantastic, but his whole character suddenly becomes. It's almost like somebody said, "This film is really heavy. What can we do to have some fun?" Let's. Introduce a character who's killed, what, 37 37? people, but he's going to be a lighthearted, lovable guy who's going to play in a vacated pool when they land in where? Fresno or something? Uh, Carson. Carson. Yeah. Okay. Carson, Nevada. He's going to play in a empty pool outside a trailer park with a little girl who you think he's going to kill, but he doesn't. I don't know if we know that he doesn't kill her. He doesn't because because when the plane takes off, she says bye. Oh, you're right. You're right. Okay. You're but right, yeah. but here's the other thing about the whole Buscemi character. I have never in my life before watched a film where a man who was supposed to have killed 37 people plays with a little kid, and the little kid scares me more than the character. <laughs> that little girl's the freakiest looking little kid I've seen in my life. I actually got scared. I'm like, she's going to kill him. Amazing. Jonathan, what was your favorite part of Con Air? Uh, it's probably when... Your Nicholas- first time seeing it, by the yes, way, right? this was my oh. first time seeing it. Yeah. Uh, it's when I believe Nicolas Cage was sent <laughs> down below to help like raise the the landing gear, and they find out that David Spell's character stuck in there and stuck, and his dead body's like stuck, keeping the landing gear from closing properly. So he just writes down like a note for that DE agent John Cusack's character, 
and just tosses them out of the plane. And then you can see this guy like every time I wash my car, birds poop on it. And all of a sudden, Dave Chappelle's body just lands <laughs> and pretty great. crushes the car. It's a very clever way to get a message yeah, to, absolutely. to the DEA, to the oh police my. on the ground. Um, I would yours? say my favorite part of Con Air also involves Dave Chappelle. When the inmates take over the plane, it's because of Dave Chappelle starting <laughs> yes. a fire in chaos, right? So they've got to figure out a way. They've got this plan. Started a fellow inmate on fire, right. to be specific. So he, he, he has some sort of flammable material that he has choked down his windpipe. He pulls the string That's out the of his throat. Yes. And he, and he squirts some of this flammable liquid on his seatmate and says, I can't remember what he said to him, but says something sort of cheeky and funny. It was a racial slur about Native Americans. <laughs> okay, lights, his Different seatmate, times. lights his seatmate on fire, causing chaos in the cabin, which leads to the inmates killing some of the guards and Cyrus the virus obtaining the only gun on board. And uh, and then he deems the flight con air for the first time. So uh, so the key moment of this movie is when Cameron... Put, there is a key moment of this movie. The key There's moment. a key moment? The key, yeah. Brought you when, by. But this is the key moment. When Cameron Poe... Nicholas Cage has a chance to get off the plane early on and go see his family because he's a free man. Yes. And he's just sort of hitching a ride because his flight got canceled, right? And so the bad guys take over the plane. They need three volunteers, all white guys, to get off the plane. Right. Because they were they promised when they got on the ground, like, hey, we're transporting six of you off. Three of them are already dead. So they needed three live people to get off the plane and they could just go. He decides to stay on the plane. And defend the security guard and defend his friend Bubba from uh, from. Did you did you notice Close an out. inconsistency there? By the way, because I know uh, <laughs> that's the inconsistency that's bothering you, Ryan. Small thing. <laughs> so but he, he and Bubba Gump agree that they'll take two of the six spots to get off the plane, right? And they tell Bubba Gump, like, we're looking for white guys. We need white guys. You don't fit the description. Sit out. Yeah, they're expecting white guys right, to get off the plane. Exactly. Yeah. So then they have the six guys who did take the spots kneeling, lined up, handcuffed. They're putting hoods on them or whatever to disguise them. The guy kneeling next to Nicholas Cage, black dude, black dude. They they told Bubba Gump he couldn't come because he's a black dude. And then they took another black dude to replace one of the white dudes. Yeah. Made no sense. Cinema- cinematographer. They took the pilot too, right? Yes, because they the had pilot, their own pilot. The pilot left, so the <laughs> yeah. other guy could fly, but he hadn't yeah. flown in, in a long time and really didn't know exactly how to land a plane. Least favorite part about the movie, Rami. What? I don't know that I had one. I really enjoyed this, fellas. I really enjoyed this movie. Can I give you Thoroughly one? I really enjoyed this, this film. I'll give you mine, all right? The cops on the ground, John Cusack and the other guy... I don't like the other guy. They're the other not. Guy they terrible. weren't. They weren't level-headed enough for me. They just kept like the whole. They're trying to figure out how to get this plane back under control. <laughs> you draw the and line. they both just keep <laughs> yelling. They're just like blaming each other and yelling at each other. And do you know what I couldn't stand? Like more level-headed police officers. Cusack's clothes were so like late '80s to me. He was still stuck in that run, though. He had like the floppy thing, sixteen candles, the floppy shirt on. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like his clothes. I had two things. Nicolas Cage getting off the bus with maybe one of the dumbest faces ever shot in cinematography. He just has this face when he's looking at the sun as he's getting off the bus to go onto the plane. If like guys, at the beginning of the movie? Yeah, at the beginning of the movie. He just has this face where he's like, ah, there's sun finally hitting my face. And it's maybe the dumbest face ever seen in movies. <laughs> Nicolas Cage face. It's just a terrible face. And then I'm gonna get Cyrus the Virus, supposed to be this really smart guy, getting mad when they t- retake off with the plane that there's helicopters chasing him, so he decides to shoot at helicopters with a pistol. 
this guy's supposed to be a mad genius. He's got he's, some blind spots. And he's, he's got some blind shooting spots. at an attack helicopter you know, with Bite pistol. your tongue right now. That's Malkovich, man. Just questioning <laughs> his smartness. Can I t- tell you, you guys that are on my page and a half of notes on this film, I rank the bad guys. Please do. <laughs> Please do. In true, like from baddest to, to, to least bad? Is that, is yes. that how we're going? All and, right. well, and, well, 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 and how I, I interpreted their performance as well. Start from the bottom, by yep. the way. One, two, three, four, five, six, eight. Okay. Eight of them. My eighth one. Probably too low, but I didn't really get the role. Sally can't dance. You know, are you really there just to dance? Like, Sally can't. It's okay, but I really didn't get that one. Sally was a trans person, yes. I think. Yes. Okay. And, and yeah, she liked to dance, and uh, it's okay. That's my last one. Second to last. And. You guys might quibble with this one. Johnny 23. Uh, Second to last? I think, I, I think Johnny 23 is the most terrifying criminal on the plane. He is. But you know what? For for the tone of this movie, like, I get I get what he is. I get what he was incarcerated for. Yeah, but the 23 is for rapes committed. Right. They could have they he 23 tattoos on his body. They could have the left him victims. trying to rape the female guard out of the movie. Like, for the tone of the movie, that just really... Re- well, like, and they I'm couldn't not he- decide on that one, too. Like, at times it'd be scary, and then, it, you know, and then the Buscemi character he, comes along, and... He also, at one point... he's right. Where Johnny not, 23, at one point, also said, quote, they'd call me Johnny 600 if they knew the truth. Yeah, I'm not here to be made uncomfortable okay like i, I get it but he's the a char- bad dude you could just told us what he did and left it at that the character you, you also, need to include all the other stuff the, the character also would disappear for big amounts of time where he basically wouldn't play a role so that's my second to last one my next one and this could have been the second to last one too conrad big what the bald guy bad guy really prototypical bad guy now here's the surprise because my, so this is one, two, three, four, five. My sixth one, and I love this character, Garland Green, Buscemi. Because it was really there. I, I really think they said, this film is too heavy, and we've got all these good actors. Let's have some fun. And so the Buscemi character is supposed to be terrifying, but he ends up being basically the king of the uh, one-liners throughout the course of the film. My fourth one. Billy Bedlam. Hold on, real quick. Back to Buscemi for a second. Garland Green, we call him. Garland Green. So there's a moment where like chaos happens and a couple people die. Like they take over the plane and there's death and everything. And, and and they're celebrating up by the cockpit, like some of the inmates. And Cameron Poe and and Bubba Gump are sitting down in their seats. And Steve Buscemi comes and sits down next to him. And uh, Sweet Home Alabama is playing over the loudspeaker. That's when they take off again, yes. And he goes, and Steve Buscemi just leans over. 30, he's killed 37 people. He's, like, psychotic, and they, they brought him in in Hannibal Lecter gear. And he goes, the definition of irony, a bunch of inmates on a plan dancing to a song sung by a band that died in a plane crash. Yes. <laughs> it's a great line. <laughs> Those two don't even laugh. They're just like, uh, why is he talking to creepy. us? But you were laughing, and I was laughing. Oh, yeah. Okay, fourth. Billy Bedlam was a pretty good character. Is he the curly hair guy? Yes, with the goatee. Yes, okay. and he's and the he, yellow of teeth. course, is the the one who won't put the doll back. He, and didn't, put, he didn't put the bunny down. Why didn't you put the bun? I just why didn't you put the bun down? All right, third, third, and this guy was out early, but I thought he was instrumental and he was just great. Chappelle's pinball. He was very good. 
So good, man. It's such a great character. And even dead in the wheel well, he's funny. He's the smartest criminal on the plane. He's smarter than Cyrus the Virus. Yes. Yes. And his lines are pretty doggone good. All right. Two, Diamond Dog. Diamond Dog was, he's a badass character. And then one, it's got to be the virus, right? Okay. The virus was great. Yeah. Cyrus the Virus is a very complex character because he does have a moral compass. He was anti-Johnny 23 throughout the entire movie. Yeah, and he told him, so don't he, do that. He would kill people, but he drew certain lines yep. with his moral compass. So the fact that he's anti-Johnny 23 makes him more more conflicting. Was this movie like better than you guys thought? We've been, we've been rating so far in Action Movie Rewind on a scale of it's so bad, it's good. And the more it fits that category, the higher of a rating it gets. Was this movie actually better than you? Not on that scale, but like... A better film, a better made film, better acted, better written, better story, better plot, better character development than you thought it was going into it? Because it was for me. It instantly became, I saw this when it came out when I was like 13 years old. It was legitimately one of my favorite movies for a number of years until, you know, I started early 2000s, a bunch of, you know. Until you got older. But it was like one of my, it was one of the first movies I would would, would rewatch on a regular basis. So, yes. It's not incredibly well written, but the acting is really good. Except for Nicolas Cage. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Nicolas Cage. I just know that I love that movie. It was so much fun. You guys notice that Nicolas Cage, whenever he's running in this movie, everything else seems to be moving at regular speed and he's just running in slow motion. Yes. Like that one scene where there's an explosion (laughs) and never gets killed. And he's trying Mm -hmm. to run out of a building and jump through a glass door. And he's literally, it's like they filmed it and told him, just run in slow motion. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nicolas Cage is constantly running in slow Remember, motion. Remember uh, when we did Hard to Kill and it, it irked me that nobody could ever even lay a hand on Steven Seagal? Like, yeah. n- not once in the whole movie or any Steven Seagal movie. Does anybody land a punch, a kick, a slap? Nothing. You can't get a hand on Steven Seagal. It was a little too easy to get your hands on Cameron Poe. Like, it in the first fight scene, when he kills the guy, the three guys surround him. One just reaches out and grabs the stripes off his chest and rips him off. Like, no problem whatsoever. Then another one punches him, and another one kicks him in the leg before he does anything. Like, this dude <laughs> is an army ranger just sitting there taking a beating from three drunk locals in Alabama. It was it was way too easy to get the jump on Cameron Poe in that scene. So, they're, I, what are they trying to show? What there? Are you they're saying about they're, they're Polo, just honey? trying to show that, like, hey, he only fights because he has to. No, he backed up. He was in a fighting stance. And then one of the dudes literally just reaches out, rips the stripes off of his chest without any problem whatsoever. And that actually leads me to my biggest question about this movie. So he was in jail for eight years. Why did he do any jail time? Because... It was self-defense, wasn't it? No, but one of the guys... See, and I think this was a bad editing job. He probably pleaded self-defense and said the guy had a knife, pulled the knife on him. You notice before the other two guys run off, one of them grabs the knife and takes it with him. So there is no evidence of a deadly weapon. And because Nicolas Cage, a.k.a. Cameron Poe, is a registered lethal weapon, being an Army Ranger, he's not allowed to use lethal force unless there is a lethal threat. But there was at least one witness, his wife. I totally missed She didn't see the knife. She ran inside before yeah. the guy pulled the knife and out. And plus, it's pouring rain. And it's pouring rain. Like, they're fighting in a driving rainstorm. It was hard to tell because that action scene was kind of terribly shot. 
It was just all over the place. There's a lot. There were a lot it was of, really of hard things to tell what was going on. that it was as if the people that wrote the film meant to explain and like then just got high and forgot. Because <laughs> <laughs> there were a few things like like the misplaying. I didn't know until you brought that that up because I saw the whole thing that he was going to be on this plane of the most dangerous men and he's hitching a ride home. And I still love that. Okay, your time in jail is done. We're going to get you home. Oh, that's awesome. How? We're going to put you on a plane with the yeah. most dangerous men, but don't worry about it. It's all going to be fine. And by the way, some are going to be caged on the plane. Yeah, until I read the I synopsis, it didn't make sense to me why he was on the plane. If he was set to be released, why wouldn't he have just been released? Why does he have to get on that plane at all? It doesn't make sense, right? Like, why is he even on the plane? He's being released from prison. Why is he getting on a plane with 10 hardened criminals? Anyways, I don't know. Can we also talk about the plane crash in, in the end and how a lot of people are absolutely fine? Now, they get also, killed the subsequently. They get killed subsequently. But the, I mean, Buscemi's just playing. Were roulette? the plane crashes in Old Town Vegas and Cameron Post right fights it. Cyrus the Virus on top of a speeding fire truck yes. to end the movie? Did One guys, of the great action sequences of the 90s. Did you notice that when, I, th- I think it was Cyrus the Virus, he was using the fire hose as like a weapon against the guys on the bikes. He shoots one of the cops and directly shoots him right in the face with the water. Yeah. And the cop just like has to take the water shot right to the face and it's a hilarious scene. Uh, there was some amazing action. Like this, this if, th- th- these are action movie reviews that we do here. And like in terms of just jam-packed action on a regular basis... Mm-hmm. This, oh, movie, this movie delivers for I mean, sure. You've got the abandoned the, the the airplane graveyard stuff in in Nevada, where uh, you had the showdown against the police officers. There's some right? great like, sets in this movie. So, well, it's time for us to rate the movie on a one to ten Seagulls scale here. Oh boy! So here's what we have so far: the two movies we've done already. So Bloodsport and Hard to Kill. Uh, the average rating for Hard to Kill between all of us was eight and a half. The average rating for Bloodsport was four. Let's start with Judd here, Conair. On a scale of one to ten, how many Seagulls would you would you give this movie, Conair? Okay, this is a very difficult process. All right, because I consider Hard to Kill to be the classic. It's it's the epitome of what I am searching for each week. So I actually enjoyed this film, but I'm only going to give it six Seagulls. Okay, because there were things about it that, well, one, I didn't really get, but more importantly. The cast was really good. Right. The writing was more up the alley of what I want, but I'm going to give it, and I believe I gave Hard to Kill 10 Seagulls. I think we all did. So, no, it was no. a 7, 8, 9, 10 okay. situation. Right. Yeah. So with parameters of what we're doing here, gentlemen, I'm going to give this 6 Seagulls, okay. but I did enjoy it. Jonathan? I think this movie feels like it's too good to be on our action movie rewind list. Wow. That's what I was thinking. Drinking so, the Kool-Aid. I was thinking the same thing. Drinking so the I think Robbie I'm going to give it a five. That's exactly where I'm at. Wait, if it's that good, why are you guys giving it Because fives? on the scale of so bad, it's good. Yeah. It's only a five. It's only average on that scale because it actually, it's it's a hybrid. It's like, it's like half bad, cheesy action mm-hmm. movie half well-made, well-made, well-written, well-acted film. At times it feels too good to be right. grouped in with these other movies that yeah. we've done so far. That's why I give it a five. Because it's only, it's only ha- like like Jonathan said, it might not even fit into the category of wow. what we're really trying to do. No, I... An action movie rewind. I'm with you guys. It's, wow. only, right. it's only mediocre on the so bad it's good scale. Because it's actually kind of good. It is very good. I'm giving, I'm giving it a seven... 
because I think it's very good. Yeah, no, it's good. And I think the extra points would have been for cheese factor and over the top, like you see with Hard to Kill and Bloodsport. So we got a five, a five, a six, and a seven for Conair. I feel like Chappelle's character shouldn't have been killed, too. They should have killed Agreed. a different character for that. That character, Pinball, was fun. Like that, if if you're going that direction, don't kill Pinball. Or at least wait till toward the end of the movie. Sure, right? sure. But you could have killed. But but the Pinball um, demise could have been done by a different character, and I would have been like, okay, that's fine, because his lines were so good. So I chose Bloodsport a few weeks ago. Judd chose Hard to Kill. Rami, this was your choice, right? It was, yes, yes. So that's. Uh, that means Jonathan gets to choose the next action yeah. movie can, rewind can for next Friday. Can I just throw in one thing, Jonathan, for your consideration? Okay. We've done three of these, mm-hmm. and none of them have been Stallone or Schwarzenegger, who are the godfathers of the genre. It's true. It's true, but it's not where I'm going. Wow. I'm going with one of my favorite actors, Keanu Reeves, and I'm surprised we haven't done this movie yet, Point Break. Wow. Point Break. Going with the top dog here. All right. I am going to get next week. On. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> Just thinking about sitting. This is legitimately one of Judd's favorite movies. Utah gets his agent. Utah gets his man. <laughs> That's uh, action movie rewind here. Can't be in a cage. On Mackie and Jeb with Rami. You know this gentleman, Hunter? He's a regular. Yeah, I'm a regular. <laughs> regular hound dog. <laughs> so creepy. So creepy. Every 5 o'clock on Mackie and Jub with Rami, every every Friday at 5 o'clock, we review corny action movies. When we come back, we'll get an update on coronavirus in Minnesota from our friend Kevin Dorn from 5 Eyewitness News. And also we'll wrap with Roycey here from the TCL Studios. But let's talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company here for a moment. Federated is here during these uncertain times to help you business owners out there. Your team at Federated has kept a strategic focus on policyholder service. They've been directing partners throughout the country to the information they need on things like written pandemic policies and procedures, which, by the way, can change from week to week. I mean, I know a lot of a lot of people, even us here internally, thought, boy, you, uh, you put together a plan and you've got phase one, two, three, whatever, and things change and evolve on a daily, weekly basis. So written pandemic policies and procedures, Federated is helping with those. Recommended response plans, communications to employees to make sure everyone has the right information. You can find a full list of resources if you think these are going to be helpful to your business at federatedinsurance.com, where you can also find out about your local marketing representative from Federated. As a mutual insurance company, Federated believes their value is measured by the success of their clients. Simply put, at Federated, it's their business to protect yours. Mackie and Judd with Rami here on Score North. Jonathan here with the Score North download. We'll make it a quick one, but an important one. Today is the last day you can partner with Score North and Ronald McDonald House Charities Upper Midwest to help out our area children during the coronavirus outbreak. Thanks to Luis Arise and the Minnesota Twins, one lucky person who makes a donation of any amount will receive a signed Luis Arise Minnesota Twins jersey. But you must donate by the end of today. To donate, please visit scorenorth.com keyword donate that's been your score north download now back to mackie and jonathan Rami. all right thank you jonathan already looking forward to next week's action movie rewind five o'clock on fridays on mackie and jub with rami we'll wrap with ricey here in just a few minutes but kevin doran is our friend from five eyewitness news anchor and reporter kevin before we dive into coronavirus updates uh, are you a con air guy nicholas cage 1997 uh you know what i'm not 
Um, well, that's enough of Kevin Doran. We'll talk to Kevin next week. Good talking. Thanks, to you guys. Kevin. Good talking to you guys. I don't, you know what though? It's, you know what's really weird? Doing what I do is when I and of course this Conair falls into this, but I don't watch any reality TV when I go home. I don't watch anything heavy. I just want to escape, you yeah. know. And that's why I watch sports. You know? um, that's why you so used to watch sports, anyways. Stuff, <laughs> yeah, there's enough heavy stuff going on. At, yeah. So what are you sports. escaping with now? With no sports. Well, um, I have, let's see. I, well, over the weekend, it's really weird. I, I kind of enjoyed their watching the reruns. Saturday nights, Gopher Athletics streams on YouTube past Gopher games. Yeah. And I've been watching those. And even though, you know, they won their first nine last year, I'm like, God, when are they going to come ahead here? When are they going to pull this out? And so I enjoyed that. But for the most part, our TV has been off. And we're playing board games. We're making nice meals. Um, you know, my kids are 21 and 23. The girls are home with us. And so we're, we're, we're talking to each other. I, you know, my wife, it's weird me being home because I'm going in later, but it's working. And that's part of this whole thing I'm actually kind of enjoying is being with the family more and stuff like that. So awesome. No traffic? But anyway, pardon me? I, I said no traffic. Traffic's basically gone now. You know, so I get off at, you know, 1045-ish, mm-hmm. and there is nothing. And even on the way in today, part of it could be because it's Good Friday, but there were no cars. And uh, so I'm enjoying that. And ironically, you know, crashes are down. I don't know if you've noticed this, but the state is, says the number of crashes have dropped in the last month. But the number of fatal crashes are up. And I think that's I saw that people are driving faster because yeah. there, you know, there aren't as many people on the road. But uh, it's just another one of those weird things as we, you know, adjust our lives to this new reality that's going on. But I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to the day when everything comes back. I was trying to and help me with this. I was trying to think what would I be watching this weekend because the Masters would be over, right? The Masters would be firing up rounds three and four on Saturday, Sunday. So you'd be, if you're a so, golf fan, you'd be watching uh, yeah. Sunday at the so, Masters. Right. So that's what I would be doing this weekend. Yep. But none, nobody is now. It's going to be kind of weird having it in November too, and then turning around and do it again. In the I was supposed to be in Las Vegas this weekend, getting there in time for all of Sunday at the Masters. Just sit oh. in the sports book, drink white Russians, and bet on Tiger Woods. But that's <laughs> clearly not happening. You saved a lot of money, so, you know what? And I heard. I heard something about Las Vegas is going to could be closed longer than than people think. Yeah, as, as about everything else too. Yeah. But, uh, um, but anyway, so yeah, we'll make we'll make the best of it. And uh, um, but I do have some optimistic news today. Um, uh, the governor took Good Friday off. You know, he's been working around the clock, so good for him. But he did make his commissioners available today. Um, and, you know, we're hearing a lot of talk about modeling, about how decisions are made and, and, and you know, projections of deaths and illnesses. And now people are starting to ask questions about, well, what are these models and where is the information coming from? Um, you know, for example, um, President Trump, uh, you know, today now it's nearly 18,000 Americans have died. But he says in the midst of all this, we're seeing clear signs that, you know, the strategy is working. And he points to some hospital admissions in some cities are going down. And 
He's now weighing when to reopen the country's economy, and he points to the models that are now forecasting U.S. death rates far lower than originally estimated. But, you know, then on the other hand, there are healthcare experts who warn that reopening the country too soon could cause a a spike in infections. And, you know, and then I think a lot of us are confused by the models. I know I am. There's um, because they're kind of all over the place. And, and last week, at the, on Friday, the U.S. Surgeon General said we should prepare for Pearl Harbor-like weak casualties. Yeah. But it turns out those numbers weren't that high. Minnesota Department of Health says seven more people have, have died. The total is now 57. A week ago, we had 22. And, you know, Governor Walls uses these models to make decisions. He did that when he extended the stay-at-home order to May 3rd and now some Republican lawmakers are pushing back, saying that these models aren't accurate, and the stay-at-home order is killing the state's economy. And the governor says that's the last thing he wants to do, but he's listening to the experts. And so today, for the first time, um, he made those scientists behind the Minnesota modeling available to answer questions. But up till now, that information has not been public. And so today these researchers say they've learned a lot since the first version of their model came out several weeks ago, but that was also when there were zero deaths in Minnesota. And they say they update the numbers when they get more evidence, and they look at not only what's going on in Minnesota, but they look what's going on around the world and around the country, you know, to make their decisions to create the Minnesota model. And here's what they said today. They say it still appears the peak of the virus will occur in July, but that's been pushed back. But they're they're seeing a modest reduction in deaths. But but a sober look is that they still show up to twenty thousand Minnesotans could die of COVID nineteen. Uh, that's their projection. And and again, right now we have fifty seven. There's a lot of people that say, how is that possible? But I guess you know the models don't give all the answers. It, it points them in the right direction. And right now the governor is making decisions based on being cautious, but there's starting to be people saying, well, we need, those numbers are too high, we need to get the economy up and running. So that's kind of, you know, the tightrope Tim Walls is walking right now in Minnesota, and the president across the country. Yeah, it's it is uh, it is a really tough tightrope, and I don't I don't envy him for having to walk it. And Kevin, just in our last sixty seconds or so here with you, just for for Minnesotans going into the weekend, um, what are the what are the need to know things about what we can and can't do? The stay at home order extended through the first part of May. Um, Correct. What, what do people need to know as they're going into the weekend here? Okay, couple of things: practice social distancing. Um, with the extension of the stay-home order, more people are being allowed to go back to work. That includes, like, garden centers, flower shops. I know a lot of people go to uh, those businesses over Easter weekend. It's kind of a tradition. I know it is in my family. But practice social distancing. You know, a lot of us are not going to be able to get together with our families this weekend, as we normally do, and our friends. Uh, a lot of churches are offering are streaming online services. So instead of sitting in a pew, we're going to be sitting in front of our computer. But, uh, you know, other than that, and the good news is uh, gas is $1.69, which is 15 cents lower than the national average. If you're down in, in Lake City, two quick trips are selling gas for 78 cents a gallon. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, people are getting unemployment checks already, and they're getting the back pay from when they were laid off. And those federal stimulus checks, the $1,200 checks, if you use direct deposit with your, the IRS for your taxes, 
You should see that in your bank account next week. And right now, Minnesota has 65,000 job listings. And if you go to the wow. state, if you're looking for work, the state's online job bank, you just search, just Google search Minnesota Deed, D-E-E-D, jobs, and that'll come up. And so I just wish everybody uh, a happy and safe holiday weekend. And, um, again, I think we're going to know a lot more next week about these models and how they're making decisions. And I just wish everybody the best and enjoy uh, enjoy Easter. Awesome, man. That is Kevin Doran. Thank you so much for the update and, uh, and, and, and for coming on our show here as we need you from 5 Eyewitness News, coronavirus updates as they pertain to Minnesota. Kevin, you enjoy your weekend as well, and we'll talk again next week, man. Okay, thanks. I enjoy what you guys do. Thank you. Kevin Doran. So that's, uh, by the way, 65,000 job listings right now in Minnesota. Minnesota deed jobs is what he said you should search. So there are job listings, and there are a lot of people looking for jobs, and so that's an interesting resource. Patrick Royce, what's going on with you today? Okay, if you're on the phone and you're listening to the timber and that guy's voice and the delivery, you know who it is, don't you? Some people have said he sounds Randy. like Randy in Cottage Grove. Randy. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Randy's been tweeting. I don't know if you guys have seen. Randy's been tweeting since he hung up with us. Which then makes me which then makes me not believe exactly what I'm hearing. But okay. <laughs> well Pat, you, you know, know you know Randy is a fine reporter. Randy called in for yeah. the first time in thirty days or so today and uh, he really? was he, he well he was asking about, you know, what are you guys gonna do for your Vikings draft party? And we said, Well Randy, like, <laughs> there's no way we 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 broke the news of coronavirus to Randy today. Is that right? Yeah. He had no idea, Pat. It must have been very disappointing the, for him to find out right that after, the draft is not going to be in Vegas. So. Pat, right after he hung up with us, he he sent out this string of tweets right here, all capital letters. What the hell? Four question marks, and then the next tweet <laughs> said, "I look it up." Period. Virus. Then the next tweet said, they cannot cancel NFL, all capital letters, no way, and then uh, followed that up with a tweet that, I don't know if you know, Pat, but he's on house arrest, so he said, uh, I can't leave my house until July 1, any way, apostrophe S, but we better get our act together by training camp, huge. Oh, yeah, well... That's another level of obliviousness there from our guy. <laughs> oh, he's been mock drafting for months now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Who's he got the Vikings taking? Antoine Jr.? Uh, he's gonna. It sounds like he might call in sometime between now and the draft, but he also was so distraught to find out that there is going to be no draft gathering. That he's got to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> so he hasn't, he hasn't noticed that nobody's out and about because he's under house arrest, right? Right. Till July first. Hey, I, I got you, you. Want some more breaking news for for me today? Yeah. So I'm Leslie Knight used to play for the Gophers, right? Yep. Basketball. Yep. And she has been playing in Spain for the last eleven years, and she lives in Madrid. And I was I'm going to write a copy. I wrote a column on her, but uh, my phone, my cell phone, wouldn't ring her phone number. So there's this deal that you can do now. If you're really smart, she called me on FaceTime off her computer, and I talked to her like she was like six feet away from me. It's, they got this stuff going on the telephones now that's unbelievable. 
Hold on a second. Pat- <laughs> Patrick Royce oh, has God. discovered video chat today. Mark it down. I was going to go downtown and send her a Western Union telegram, and then all of a sudden she's talking to me. My phone rings, and she's talking, and she's not even paying for the call because she's on her computer, I think. I don't know. Damn oh, no, you're going no, to get, get the bill for that. Yeah. That's oh, good. I will? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> he won't care if he does. He'll just I, give it the Star Tribune. I don't know. It's unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. Hey, it's technology it's, grand. We've come a long yeah. way from those porta bubbles. The trash 80s. As, as long as you have someone who can just make it happen. even All I all she said was just type my email address uh, into your phone someplace so it could uh, uh uh, I guess recognizer. So amazing. We should we oh, should we should do work. this every Friday. Patrick Ricey discovers <laughs> new ways of communication because of coronavirus. Well, you know what it makes me think. Five years from now, you know, newspapers and the Athletic and everybody else sending people around the country to cover games and spending all that money. Yeah, could just have somebody come on after the game on FaceTime and give you a couple of quotes and you'll be sitting home. I mean, how many, you know, the the ESPN, NFL Network, they're doing all these shows and they're doing them all just from their homes with split screens. How many multi-gazillion dollar state-of-the-art studios are going to be flushed down the toilet over the next five years to save budget? Yeah, well, it's it's, uh, it's amazing. Uh, uh, But uh, here's what shocked me about it. It was like it never broke up or anything. The communication. She's sitting on a balcony in Madrid, and I'm here in Gold Valley. And uh, she's, you know, it's, there's a, like one. There was a half a second delay in the communication for about a twice in twenty minutes. I, I couldn't believe it. Ain't twenty twenty something, Pat? <laughs> oh, it is. Coronavirus. Wanted, we, we were talking about Facebook at first. I said, "Well, here's the problem." The, uh, I think it was Hubbard, but it might have been the Star Tribune. Somebody put me on Facebook like 12 years ago. Never gave me the password. I have no idea. I, I'm on there. I have no idea how to. I have no idea how to talk to anybody or anything. So I'm gonna search you right uh, here, Patrick Royce on Facebook. On Facebook, who cares? I'm on. You're there. fine. But I mean, Facebook is Twitter. Twitter's so mu- so much better. Facebook is like. Going, you know, that's there's there's competition now, right? What's this Zoom deal? <laughs> <laughs> is that like is that like really FaceTime only more than one person? Yeah, it's a it's an easy way to put I don't know like fifty people, hundred people in if you want in a room. Yep. It's gonna put sports writers out of business. Now we're gonna have a Zoom. <laughs> you, know? you know what, well, Pat? Honestly, I wish it wasn't under these circumstances, but I, I really think the more people staying home, the better. There's no traffic. The air quality in this country <laughs> is the best it's been in 40 years. No joke. You go to a stream oh, yeah. or a lake, and they're as clean as they've been. And you na- can see yeah. straight to the bottom. Nature is back, baby. It's amazing. It's plus, a- plus, if you do take the, if you do want to take a drive, the gas costs you like a dollar ten. Exactly. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. So, so. In other words, even after we have this thing taken care of, we shouldn't tell anybody, right? You know, I mean, I wasn't going to say that, virus, but... Once the I virus can't... is gone, we shouldn't tell people. That, uh, 
uh, we've uh, fixed it because it's it's really the Royce column. In a lot of ways, this wasn't so bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what else? It's really improved, Rami. Now let's bring it up. What's that? Now you wouldn't do this because you're such a paranoid, crazy SOB. But right. uh, fast food is really upgraded here during the pandemic because they're they're basically cooking it to order. Like about a week That's ago, true. I had I had a quarter pounder with cheese uh, <laughs> or as Royale, as we call it, a, you know, a, a Royale with sure. cheese. And it's what cultured people I've call it. In, best one I've had in twenty years. Wow. Because it's nice, blown, nice, blown, nice and warm. Hadn't been sitting there. They I hadn't thought of that. Got her in about, had her about three months. It's a great thing for uh, for uh, for fast food too. So Richard Patino's job, Monday Night Sports Talk podcast, and now fast food. They've all been improved by, uh, <laughs> by, uh, by the pandemic. <laughs> and traffic. You mentioned traffic. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah. yeah no traffic. Same mm-hmm. lane. Who needs it now? You can fly and, right down three ninety four. Takes me twelve minutes to get to work. It's great, and it's allowed me to discover there's this thing when you can be in your house and you could look at somebody else's face and talk yeah, to them. It's the damnest thing of all time. Twenty twenty. Pat's going to become the most yeah. sophisticated guy. Yeah, next thing you know, he's Golden be Valley here. The Bill Bill Pretty Gates great. of Golden Valley. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I gotta give I gotta give you this. So I was talking to Eric Curry today. Hey, we got about okay. thirty seconds, okay. Pat. Just so you know. Okay, Kelly Roslin had her baby a couple of months ago. She's within four pounds of when she, you know, before this all started. I said I'm not within twelve pounds of when the ten pandemic started. <laughs> <laughs> oh, We're man. All, all right. getting fat. Come on. We'll Small Monday, price to Pat. pay, Pat. Small price to pay. Pat Royce, he discovered video chat. What's a Zoom thing? <laughs> what is this Zoom thing? All right, you can find our podcast. If you missed Action Movie Rewind or if you missed any of the great stuff this week, including Zach Parisi, Mackie and Jeb with Rami, Apple, Spotify, or the Score North app. And as always, Rapping with Royce, he is powered by Josh Arnold Investments, Judd. And right now it is time to talk to Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. You can get that straight talk by calling Josh direct, 952-925-5608, or you can listen to Josh right now with the Market Minute. Hi, Josh. Hey, Judd. Markets are closed today for the Good Friday holiday, but next week is going to be very interesting as earnings start in earnest with bank earnings coming up. Banks finish the week on a strong note with all of the money being made available and the Fed deciding to buy buy up high-yield bonds and high-yield credit. That's for the first time. Uh, banks finished very strong, but banks are not an investment that I would make uh, personally, but the bank's earnings reports and guidance will give a little better viewpoint into how the economy is going and what the bankers think is going to be happening going forward. Banks have not had significant loan growth, despite the money that's been been made available, as um, as companies have either cut back on their expansion or have or have found alternative sources uh, for funding. Additionally, we'll have reports from United Health, 
and Johnson and Johnson, which will give a little view into what's happening in the healthcare industry. Uh, United Health could could face some issues, <laughs> particularly with uh, the, their costs going up. So just pay attention to that. The week after this, uh, we'll start hearing from semiconductors, and that might give us a better read on on the economy and spending by technology companies. For for the year to date, uh, tech has led the market, uh, and investors in who have weighted their portfolios in technology, and particularly large cap technology like Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, have outperformed the broader averages. And you can even see that when we look at the S&P index, which is down 15% year-to-date, and also in an equal-weighted uh, S&P index, which is down 21% year-to-date, uh, versus uh, NASDAQ uh, down 6% for the year. And the leaders in both NASDAQ and the S&P happen to be Microsoft, Apple, and Amazon, companies that I would avoid, even though they're major components of both the S&P and NASDAQ, are the advertising-heavy uh, Google and uh, face- Facebook, as they have seen some issues with uh, advertising and advertising rates, particularly Facebook. So Facebook would be on a uh, avoid list uh, for me. I do find in terms of advertising-related companies, some of the media companies that we've talked about previously this week uh, to offer some opportunity for somebody who is patient, particularly given the over-the-top over uh, streaming and demand for content, and that, that would include uh, Fox and Viacom. Viacom, by the way, pays a very nice dividend. Fox and uh, Viacom are trading about 50% uh, below their their high-level mark. It's going to be interesting going forward. Do keep some cash available and follow the asset allocation model that I've I've prescribed. If you need more information uh, or would like a personal consultation or review your portfolio, including your 401K, give me a call at the office, 952-925-5608. Have a good weekend. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.